0: You're listening to Feed Play Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Historically speaking, women and babies did not do so well out of childbirth. Without the advances in medicine today, many women died of complications. Around a quarter of infants died before their first birthdays, which of course wasn't always during labour, but often that did happen. But please pardon the pun have we thrown the baby out with the bathwater? Were there practices that helped women give birth and deliver healthy babies? Hannah Dullen is a professor of midwifery at the University of Western Sydney, who did her PhD on the practice of using warm towels during labour. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Now, this uh, practice of using warm towels during labour or warm compresses, was was this something that was used historically speaking? Absolutely. So
1: what began my PhD was observing this when I was doing my midwifery in England back in the um, late 80s, early 90s. And I was just absolutely blown away when I watched a a warm cloth be put on a woman's perineum and just watched her sort of sigh her baby out and was convinced that, you know, there was a major discovery here. And of course, Years later, I went on to actually do this as my PhD, did a very large randomized controlled trial. And in the process of writing my PhD, I researched all of the history and I discovered this was as old as recorded time and traced back right down back to, you know, Socrates' day. And people have been writing about, you know, soothing pains by warm hands and drenched warm pieces of cloth with warm, sweet olive oil um, since time immemorial. And yet when modern kind of medicine took childbirth in a different direction, I guess it was probably seen to be a little bit of an old wives' tale and not scientific enough. And it, it virtually got abandoned but it remained in certain groups of midwives who handed it down and um, I was so amazed and I, women kept feeding back oh my gosh you, you know or you take it off to rewarm it and they'd say put it back on put it back on <laughs> and then of course my randomized controlled trial um, was published that was the largest done in the world on this issue and we started to see some really interesting results.
0: Do you think that there are other traditional practices or practices that were historical that we have just thrown out uh, to our own detriment?
1: Absolutely. And many of them are coming back because we're actually starting to listen to other cultural groups and respect their knowledge. And then we have the wonders of science now where we can actually test whether or not what's being said is actually coming out as an effective intervention. So there are many things. I mean, things like, you know, down to breathing and visualization and then, you know, um, hypnobirth and a massage and acupressure, all of these things are incredibly ancient, yet we're getting more and more evidence of their benefits in comforting women and reducing need for pain relief. So absolutely, we're, we're reclaiming a lot of the old and we're getting the benefits of a lot of the new, which is perfect. But, you know, women's bodies, babies growing in women's bellies and coming out women's vaginas um, mm-hmm. and has not changed. You know, this is incredibly ancient. So that process of giving birth has not changed. We've just changed a lot of our practices around it.
0: Is there anything else uh, from Western culture that was used in the past that has benefit for being used today now? Or would you see that there are more practices that are sort of cross-cultural practices that you have learnt about during your time studying midwifery?
1: Look, I think the various cultures have amazing knowledge to give. Um, rebozo is something that more and more women or midwives and women are, are now using, which is where you use a, a, a very large sort of scarf and you wrap it around a woman's um, belly and you shift to help, um, you know, um, swing basically to help the baby change its position. So that's a another thing. One of our discoveries for releasing baby shoulders when they're larger and they get stuck came from Iname Gaskin went to Guatemala, observed that they would put the women onto their hands and knees and this enabled one of their shoulders to come out easily. She then went on to study it, did it, took it back to America and published a paper and, you know, called it, it was called the Gaskin Maneuver, which is now a fundamental part of, of what we do. Moxibustion, which is a mugwort and it's part of that kind of acupuncture process where you put that on on a on a particular point on the outer aspect of the the little toe there is some evidence not very high quality evidence but some evidence that it may help in turning babies that are bottom down instead of head down so uh, the sad thing though is we have probably also lost a lot of this knowledge because historically midwives were not educated they were not the ones writing the books they were not the ones being listened to and having their voice validated so an awful lot of women's knowledge which was handed from mother to daughter to apprentice has been lost in time.
0: Quite a sad comment. When we had such high mortality rates, uh, maternal mortality rates in childbirth, you know, historically speaking, was what was that about? Was that about hygiene and our knowledge of hygiene then, given that there were still women who held information that would help with labour. Why were deaths so high and women so fearful of childbirth in centuries past?
1: It's got a little bit of a complicated answer in that if we're talking about prior to medical men coming into childbirth, which was very much the domain of of midwives, women um, started getting pregnant very young and they had multiple babies. So Sometimes their pelvises were not well developed because their diets were poor. So they had what we call a rachytic pelvis. They lacked vitamin D so their pelvises wouldn't allow their babies through or basically they were so young, they hadn't fully developed. Um, and then they had 16, 17 babies. Now at, at this point, your uterus is going, okay, guys, I've had enough. Um, <laughs> I you know, it's time for retirement. And then often it won't squeeze down well to stop bleeding afterwards. So The primary reason women died, and it's still one of the primary reasons they die today, was bleeding. Um, And then obstructed labour was the other one. So if you then take us forward to the time when medical men came in, actually for quite a long period there, they added to the problem. And that was because... The doctors who came in for the complicated deliveries were also doing the autopsies and they weren't washing their hands in between. They were then transmitting bacteria to the women and the women were all dying of purple sepsis. So there was a period there where medicine actually made things much worse. Then we discovered washing your hands was important and we discovered antibiotics and we discovered anesthetics. And then we emerge into this new era
0: of an increase in safety so it's a complicated history. Yeah and do you feel the pendulum swinging back towards that traditional knowledge of birth and the trust in midwives and that kind of knowledge do you feel it's swinging back that way now? I
1: think definitely in the last um, 20 years we've seen the recognition of midwives as having a really important role but also the research has come out showing that if you have a midwife you know you have less intervention you have better outcomes for yourself and your baby so we've now got very high quality research of the benefits but I'd say there are there are groups in the community that lean that way because they might have an a a greater desire for a normal birth than they it kind of it it feels right to them and there are groups in the community that have really I guess absorbed that medical model and want to hand over to an expert so I want to see a world where whatever the woman wants, as long as she's properly informed of the consequences and options, um, has that choice fulfilled. So we currently have a lot more access in our country to medical care than we do to midwifery care. So we have a little bit of a way to go to get more continuity models available to women and more midwives being able to work autonomously.
0: Hannah, is always such a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. That's Hannah Dullen. She's a professor of midwifery at the University of Western Sydney. Mm-hmm. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.